every painful emotion that you have ever experienced in your life has been self-created by your resistance to your reality. That's how Elrod, and this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Thursday. I am thankful for you tuning in with me today as we have Hal Elrod back on the show. And I got inspired to have Hal back on the show because I was listening to a podcast that he was on recently and in the interview, the first 30 minutes was the best because in it, he spoke vehemently about a maxim that he has adopted for his life that he learned when he was just a child and he continues to live by that each and every day. And his philosophy that he's adopted has allowed him to overcome things like a horrific car accident that he, when he was a child and he was told that he would never walk again. And more recently, it's contributed to him overcoming a rare cancer diagnosis that only has a 30% chance of survival. So I wanted to highlight this philosophy for anyone who may feel stuck or just feels that life isn't going their way. And I hope that it can perhaps be used as a tool to help gain more clarity and to build more resilience, to go out and to be your best self. Here's Hal Elrod. Enjoy. So I started selling Cutco when I was 19 years old. I actually gave up my dream job. I was a DJ on 97.1 FM. But like many of you, I saw a financial opportunity with no ceiling. Right? It was a commission position. I was paid based on how hard I worked, how much I sold. It wasn't an hourly wage that I had no control over. That was really appealing to me. So I started selling Cutco, and in my first 10 days, I broke the all-time company record. I sold $12,000 of Cutco kitchen knives, and I broke the record. And what's important about that is who I was when I showed up to my first day of Cutco training. I was a kid that got in trouble all throughout school. I was never popular. I wasn't an athlete. I didn't get good grades. I never excelled at anything, except DJing on the radio, I guess. That was kind of cool. But on my second day of training, I saw something within Cutco. I learned about the first 10 days, this this contest, this challenge to go out and and, and do something major in your first 10 days. And I decided I'm going to let go of the mediocrity that I've settled for my entire life. I'm going to draw my line in the sand. And from this day forward, 
I'm committed to giving it everything I have. I'm committed to seeing what I'm capable of when I commit at a level I've never been committed before. That's that same decision that all of you get to make when you leave this event. I am no longer willing to settle for less than I am capable of. A year and a half into my Cutco career, I gave a speech at a conference. Driving home that night, I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles per hour, which I believe is 112 kilometers. You guys do kilometers here, right? Metric system? Okay. No? No. Oh, miles? Okay. All right. Um, so that was a few days after the car accident. My dad took some pictures, which I was grateful for. When I came out of the coma, the doctor said I would never walk again. And I decided to hold two possibilities in my mind at the same time. If the doctors are right and I never walk again, I already mentioned this, I decided I'll be the happiest, most grateful person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. Because I will never let my circumstances that I can't control determine my mental and emotional well-being that I can control. And so for all of you, I want to ask you a question. What's your wheelchair? What's that experience in your life, past, present, or that you're worried about for the future, that's out of your control, and you therefore were thinking, that is the reason that I feel the way that I feel. Many of us are still suffering over childhood trauma. I forgot who said it, right? But that it's our response. It's not your fault that you suffered trauma. It's your responsibility to heal it. And so for me, I thought, if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, I could either be a victim and I could be miserable. But that wouldn't serve anybody. That wouldn't help me. That wouldn't help anybody else. So I thought, if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, why don't I just be the most positive person anyone's ever seen in a wheelchair and genuinely embody that so I can enjoy my life. That was possibility number one. But possibility number two, maybe I can walk again. And so I decided I was going to accept the worst case scenario and be completely at peace with it. Even if I never took another step, it wasn't going to affect my mental and emotional quality of life. But I wasn't accepting that as the only option. All of my energy went into what I wanted. I visualized walking every single day. I prayed that I could walk every day. I meditated in a state of my body being completely healed and imagining what that would be like. Two weeks after the car accident, the doctors brought in routine x-rays and they said, we don't know how to explain this, but Hal, your body is healing so quickly that you can take your first step today in therapy. That was my reaction. And even for me, being optimistic, I was thinking like I was, a, you know, maybe in one year, my body would heal to the point where I could walk. But two weeks after the crash, actually, I'm sorry, it was three weeks after the crash, two weeks after I came out of the coma, this picture was taken. And that was my therapist, Bob. And he wheeled me up to the parallel bars. And I took my first, I just took like three painful steps. I mean, 
I had broken my femur in half. My pelvis had broken in three places, right? So I had a lot of trauma down uh, there, and it was, it was, it was nerve-wracking. But I took those first few steps and kind of went onto the road to recovery, if you will. And the doctors called my parents in, and they expressed they were concerned that I was either in denial or delusional. Because they said I was always happy and smiling and joking and tell, making them laugh. And they said, we, we need Hal to face what's happened to him. And my dad came in and he expressed the doctor's concerns. And what they didn't realize was that it wasn't that I couldn't accept it or I was denying it. It was the opposite. It was, I can't change that I was in a car accident, so I'm going to choose how I want to experience my life. And for all of us, we've all experienced adversity. And if the way I'm sharing this is kind of a new perspective, you've probably allowed your adversity to really impact you mentally and emotionally. In fact, I was, there was a TikTok video. I was doing an interview talking about this, and it went viral. And I was reading through the comments, and one of the comments, she said, I don't know who this guy is, but he's obviously never had cancer, because I have cancer. And so it's not so easy to be positive when you have cancer. And, you know, I didn't want to get in there and be like, actually, but I was like, you know, I just, I, I, since I said, hey, I, I understand where you're coming from. I actually did have cancer. And it was more important than ever for me to apply what I'm talking about. And here's the thing. The distinction to understand here is that Every painful emotion that you have ever experienced in your life has been self-created by your resistance to your reality. Let me explain that. Resisting reality is imagine something bad happens and you go, no, no, God, why? No, this can't happen. I, I wanted it to be different. It was supposed to be different. I wish this didn't happen. All of these are just forms of resisting reality, wishing it didn't happen. And to the degree that we resist reality determines the degree of emotional pain that we experience. This happens in traffic. Raise your hand if you don't like traffic. So this is low-level adversity that we can all relate to, right? It's nothing major, but think about this. How do most of us spend time in traffic? Imagine that you leave the house, you got to be somewhere, now you're running late because you, you slept through your alarm, whatever, and you hit traffic. And what do we do? We go, no, no, not today, damn it. Come on, go fat, come on, right? And we spend the entire time in the car resisting reality, wishing the car in front of us were going faster, riding their bumper, and we spend the time in the car frustrated, tense, because we're resisting reality. What's the opposite of resistance? It's acceptance. That's what will set you free. You go, oh, traffic, that sucks. I'm going to be late. That's not good. Well, but I can't change it, so I might as well enjoy the ride. I might as well enjoy every moment in this car going to my destination, even though I'm late, and even though there's a consequence, I might lose a customer, whatever, 
but I can't change it. So the only logical choice we have is to accept life exactly as it is and then enjoy every moment of it. Even when it's difficult, even when it's painful. And I, the tra- I love the traffic example because it's a microcosm for life. That's how we go through life. Things happen that we don't like. No, well, why did that happen? No, why did you say that? No, I wish this was different, right? We're resisting reality and creating unnecessary emotional pain for ourselves. And acceptance is the key that unlocks the door to emotional freedom. You see it on the screen. Now when I'm in traffic and I go, oh no, God, come on, not today, I'm gonna be late. I go, oh wait, I can't change it. And those are the three words that remind me to accept all things I can't change. Minor or major, whether it's traffic or being hit by a drunk driver and told I would never walk again or losing someone I loved. I I take the appropriate time to experience those painful emotions. And for me, I live by this thing called the five-minute rule. I learned this in my Cutco training, believe it or not. The five-minute rule says it's okay to be negative when things go wrong, but not for more than five minutes. How many minutes? Five. So we were taught in Cutco, when you have a no-sale, right? You go to an appointment, you think, oh, this customer's going to buy for sure. Look how big this house is, right? They're going to buy the whole catalog. And they buy nothing. And we're taught to set our timer for five minutes, and you get five minutes to moan, complain, cry, like punch something, right? Feel your feelings completely so you don't suppress them. But when the timer goes off, you say three very powerful words. Can't change it. I can't change what happened five minutes ago, so there's no point in dwelling on it. There's no point in wishing it didn't happen all forms of resisting my reality. Instead, the only logical choice I have if I want to be happy, at peace, and move forward with my life is to accept what happened and be at peace with it. And think about that. Think about a time in your life, like when you were younger in grade school, when you were heartbroken. Anybody ever ever their heartbroken in grade school, right? You know, you were dating somebody for two weeks in sixth grade, and then they broke up with you, and you were like, no. I thought we were going to get married, right? When did the pain stop? It stopped when you stopped resisting that it happened. Often it was because your next fling showed up, right? You're like, no, I was supposed to be with this person. I thought we were going to go to the school dance and we were going to get, oh, hey, hey, no, I'm at peace with that. That's fine, right? It's the moment we accept what we can't change that we unlock the door to inner peace, being at peace with life exactly as it is. And so the five-minute rule, I applied that in my Cutco for a year and a half, and then I had my car accident. And I told my dad, Dad, I live by the five-minute rule. This was when he told me the doctors thought I was in denial. I said, no, I'm not in denial. I live by the five-minute rule. It's okay to be negative enough for than five minutes. I said, I've accepted it. I can't change that I was in a car accident, so I'm just going to choose to be happy. And he goes, Hal, I know you live by that five-minute rule, but 
That's for like Cutco challenges. What you're going through now is, is, is much more serious. You, you can have more than five minutes. I go, Dad, I've taken like five days for sure. It took me a little more time, but the principle is the same. I cannot change what happened to me. I can choose how I feel inside and how I experience it. I want to be happy, so I will not allow the car accident that I can't change to determine how I feel inside. And ultimately, can't change it, and the five-minute rule eventually became the five-second rule. And here's what I mean. For some of you, if you hear the five-minute rule, you go, five minutes? I need way longer than that to feel sorry for myself and moan and complain. Like, come on. Can I get five hours? Like, I need five hours, maybe five days, right? I thought that too. When I learned this, I was like, five minutes? How are you going to get over something in five minutes? But here's what this did. It elevated my consciousness, my awareness. So here's what I mean. I would set the timer for five minutes on my phone, and I'd have like a lady, you know, not buy from me or cancel the appointment or, or even worse, she'd buy from me. It'd be a huge order. I'd be celebrating, spending the money in my mind. And then she would call and, hey, hus- my husband said no. I'm like, no, <laughs> right? And so I set my timer for five minutes and I go, oh, I can't believe this. I needed that order. I, oh, this was such a, man, no, like I have my goals and now I'm not on track and I'm going to fall behind for the week. And, da, da, da. and then the timer would go off. Beep, 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 beep. I'm like, screw you. Like I need more time. I'm mad, right? And so five minutes wasn't enough. But here's what happened. After a few weeks, I became conscious to how I was in control of my response, of how I felt. Because eventually the timer would go off after five minutes and I would go, okay, can't change it, let's move on. And I was able to do that. But after a few weeks, I'd set my timer. I literally can remember, the, I'm in my apartment, I can picture this happening. I set the timer and I was like, ah, oh, son of a I can't believe this happened. Oh man, oh, what am I gonna do? I, gotta, I guess I gotta make up for it, get on the phone, schedule more appointments. And I looked at my phone, and it was like four minutes and 32 seconds left. And I went, why don't I just accept it now? What's the point in dwelling on it for four and a half more minutes? And then it became all I needed. Once something happened, I go, okay, since emotional pain is self-created and I don't need to feel emotional pain, right? I'm going to just accept life before it even happens. And that's why the day I was diagnosed with cancer, I was able to completely be at peace with it before I even got the official diagnosis because I've already accepted that there are things in life that are going to happen that are going to be not meet my expectations, unwanted, undesirable, difficult, and painful, and I'm going to be however I want to be the entire time. I'm going to be happy, grateful, focused, heart-centered, service-oriented. Like, who I am will not change when circumstances do. And all of you have that ability to do that. Big thanks to Hal Elrod for stopping by. If you'd like to connect with him, you can go to his website, halelrod.com. His Instagram is Hal underscore Elrod. His most latest book is entitled The Miracle Equation, 
the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable. And the most popular book that he's written to date is entitled The Miracle Morning, The Not-So-Obvious Secret Guaranteed to Transform Your Life Before 8 a.m. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled How Elrod's Newest Miracle Morning Keynote Arbon UK 2022. And when you get a chance, please follow the show, share it, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you would leave a comment on Spotify, I'll be more than happy and excited to leave you a reply. And uh, also, if you'd like to hear more clips from How Elrod, you can go back to our previous episode section, which would be in the show description, and you can check that out. All right, that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.